Demons Discuss, Take 12, The One with the Moments. Welcome to Demons Discuss. If you're new to this show, we are an unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We are your hosts, Angela, Jean, and Valerie. I am Valerie, and hello, Angela and Jean. How are you? Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. Hi, Angela. Are you feeling better? I'm feeling better. Yay! (laughs) And if I'm sounding like I'm feeling too good, uh, I'm feeling better. (laughs) Better living through chemistry. That's right. (laughs) It's magic, right? Isn't that what Matthew says? Medicine is magic. (laughs) And and morphine is even more magical. And oddly enough, I remember I gave the the therapy alchemy excuse or example that a bad back into a good back. Well, I did the reverse alchemy and did the good back into the bad back. So, oh dear, <laughs> that's an alchemical change I didn't want. Yeah, and for our discussers, oh remember I sent out that email discussers that we were going to do a double recording session this time. It's because. We just ran into all kinds of problems. Uh, Jean had a crazy freaking stager come through her house and rearrange her life. And I was out in salvage lo- yards looking for things to make my house look more rustic. And Angela was laid up with a bad back. So, yeah. Even de- even demons are susceptible to real life stra- yeah. tragedies. Yeah. And we tried to record an episode for you last week and um yeah, let's not talk without about adult it. supervision no less. <laughs> without adult <laughs> We'll we'll save we'll save what happened for later, but for now we are going to talk about relatable moments in the trilogy. And we sent out an email to our discussers and we got some good responses back. So I'm going to start with you, Angela. Okay, so I got an email or we, we got an email from Allie. Uh, she sent a long email, but here are the pertinent bits. As a horsewoman of 26 years, I can tell you that you can't believe every person out there that walks up to you and says they've been riding horses their entire life and that they know what they're doing. I even have even shown against girls who win every class, but who wouldn't be able to control anything more substantial than their professionally trained $60,000 horses. That moment that Diana had to prove to everyone that she could ride, I've been there. I'll never forget for the first time I met my ex-boyfriend's family. His sister rode Hunter Jumper like myself and asked if I would like to come ride her horse that afternoon. Joey, my ex, had never actually seen me ride, but I but knew I'd been riding my entire life and quietly took out his family's took me out of his family's house and introduced me to his sister and her beautiful thoroughbred aptly named Fighter. On our way home from a brilliantly fun afternoon of riding and jumping, Joey gave off a big sigh and admitted to me that he had been so worried that I wouldn't be able to ride as well as I had indicated. He had been nearly banking on a disastrous afternoon. He was so relieved that I was legitimately a functional rider. Let me tell you, it's pretty cool feeling to prove to someone that you are you say what you say you are. I love that Diana and I have experienced that together. And Deb did so, such an awesome job of feeding all those emotions into that passage. I've never ridden a horse, so I could imagine if somebody, you know. Neither have I. They scare I, the hell out of me. I own that fact. <laughs> I, yeah, I, they scare the hell out of me. I haven't either. And I suppose if someone told me they're they're an excellent rider or they ride this way or that way, I would just believe them. I mean, even if, you, even if I had a little bit of experience, you don't really know until you see someone. So... 
um, that would be quite the feeling to prove yourself like that. Well, I guess on the other hand, too, I look at it like horses are big and scary. Who in their right mind is going to try and bluff their way through that? That's just insane. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Hello? They look so kind, and I've pet a couple of horses, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, this animal can turn on me any minute right now. Oh, they can be evil. Horses can be evil. They're very pushy, and they're big, and they're scary, and my friend's husband breeds and raises them, and the stallions are really scary. Oh, my God. And huge. That's what yeah. was kind of, kind of cool about Diana's experience, though, because she was experienced. She did know how to ride, but then she had that little bit of magic creeping in, too, where she almost wanted them to fly. And, of course, Matthew being Matthew was like, knock it off. But uh, it, it was still was cool. Yeah, she talked to them. Wow, Matthew sounds a lot like you when you talk to Harlow, Angela. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> Knock it off. Knock it off. <laughs> I, I know. Uh, Adult supervision is back, people. Yes, that's yes. right. That's right. Yes. Okay. It's a shame. On to my okay. next uh, email from Alyssa. Hello, where to begin? First of all, the series first resonated with me as it began in the library. I'm currently in my final semester of library science school and hope to achieve a career in the university archive. Seeing Diana work with manuscripts really cemented my career in my mind, that this is what I really wanted to do. Secondly, on a gloomier note, when I began reading these books, I was having some problems with depression and these really helped me in getting through that period and cheering me up in my saddest moments. And lastly, these books were recommended to me by one of my best friends, and I often would Facebook message her with my reactions to different aspects of the series, which sparked great detailed discussions about the series as a whole. Alyssa. I think that's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. And I th- all of it is. And I think we can, mm-hmm. I think we, we can relate. I mean, if everyone hasn't already known by now, we wouldn't have met. Us three demons would not have met except for these books. Yeah, it's true. Exactly. And I was going through some stuff in my life where I needed an escape and yeah, yeah, these books came right in handy and I latched onto you guys and there you go. Well, <laughs> if it wasn't for these books, I really wouldn't have a social media presence at all because I, yeah. it's like joining that, joining, uh, with others online to talk about these books is the first, I never did the Harry Potter or the Twilight group. So this was like my first yep. opportunity really interacting with people online mm-hmm. that I don't know. Well, I do know you guys now, but, but yeah, you know, you know what I mean? Virtual friendships. It's, this is my first experience with that. Right. And now it's like, I'm a monster. I am learning how to use Twitter. <laughs> what? Oh God. <laughs> Instagram, I oh even Instagram now. Tumblr, I'm still a little bit yeah. Yeah, I mean there. That's a, that's a. There's other times too. I mean, you know, you get in funks or you know sometimes you do have depression or you know just feeling the blues or just not right. And I I, mm-hmm. I don't know when things are there to cheer you up. I feel like they're sent for a reason. And maybe for Alyssa that was it. These books came into her life uh, at the right time. I know that certainly happened to me. Not with these particular books, but just different things. Yeah. yeah. And Jean, you had emailed. Oh, yes. My first one's from Stephen. I especially like the time Diana flew up the stairs in Septours after returning from Oxford with the Book of Life. Flying like this is a frequent element in my sleeping dreams. Stephen. Flying, flying is a pretty common dream symbol, too, isn't it? Yes, it is. I forgot the significance of it, but every time I have a flying dream... 
I land in my bed and the whole bed jerks. So it's like really freaky. <laughs> like I actually fell out of the sky into my bed because huh. you, you, because you have like a, like uh it's like when you shock yourself awake, when you're like, when you're falling and you shock yourself awake, your body kind of jerks. And so when you wake up and the, and the bed's kind of shaking, like you landed in it, it's really freaky. That hasn't happened to so me in it, years. So would you call that a flying dream or a falling dream? Uh, Flying and then, you know, when you let the self-doubt come in and then you start falling, it's kind of like the Matrix. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true because huh. because flying is in dreams is supposed to resent, represent um, high hopes and, you know, aspirations. And I guess the coming down would be the opposite Achievement. of it. Achievement. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that does make sense. I thought that was cool, though. I I never have dreamed that I've flown before, but I thought that was cool that he does. Yeah, huh. yeah. And that, then my other one's from Aviva. Okay. Hi, guys. My dad worked construction. In 1993, he fell down a scaffolding like Matthew did. Luckily, even though he had been several stories high, he, unlike Matthew, survived with a broken ankle. Wow. That That's one parallel you may not get mentioned by many others. Aviva. Wow, Aviva. That's wow, a big one. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And who do you have, Val? Uh, I have one from Milana. And, oh, Lord. Uh, what did she say now? <laughs> <laughs> Um, she said when Marcus swept Phoebe off of her feet in that dingy little office at Sotheby's, after all, who hasn't fantasized about being wooed by a handsome stranger or better yet experienced it? Even if it doesn't lead to your heart's true love, it can be a hell of a lot of fun. And that's Milana. Isn't she a romance writer? Something like that. <laughs> but you gotta, you gotta find the romance in life every day, otherwise. It's yeah. Just well, she's, she's got a good out. She's got a good outlook on life, I guess. Right. Look right. for the joy. <laughs> well, I mean, she does have a point. Didn't we all look at Marcus a little bit different after that? Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> from definitely. The- That's when I was like, okay, he's his own man, and he's going to be a lot of fun. From, yeah. From the moment that he slapped his ID card up to the little peephole, I'm like, we're going someplace with this. <laughs> right. Oh, I, sque- I You know, that was the one moment in Deb's books. That's the first time I yelled back at a book. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god or, not something i expected because every all of deb's characters up until then yeah they were all kind of milk toast. Lot, they weren't very playful i mean yeah yeah i i loved hamish but he wasn't ex- exactly what i would call playful and then marcus steps out of the shadows his father's shadow and he's just like a ball of fun at yeah. least in that moment he was in that moment like, when uh, he whispered in her ear something like uh i'd love to see oh, what when he made oh my god the comment the comment about her shoes was what got me yeah that was the best where he liked to, you know, see what's underneath that icy de- demeanor, and I'm yes, like, oh. yes, 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 yes. Oh, oh, okay. There's something Marcus. about not need not needing to worry about walking in her high heels for very long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. It was nice to see that because it's so fa- everything's been so like angsty and fade to gray, and it, it also gave you a good perspective. Then you then you could see the the New Orleans Marcus. You know, you're yes. like, okay, yes. yep. Yes. Because up now, until now, the New Orleans Marcus makes sense. Right. Right. Up until then, he was just, you know, uh, he worked with Matthew. He did Matthew's biddings. He was mm-hmm. kind of the light, playful guy. He seemed a little immature. He was the one nobody took ser- He didn't, yeah, yeah, he seemed like the one nobody took seriously. Right. 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 But and here, but here, yeah, he was playful, but you took him kind of, I took him kind of seriously. It's like, okay, this, 
this is going to go somewhere. Well, I put myself in Phoebe's shoes at that minute, and I was like, what would I do if some dude whispered that in my ear? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I would think... Oh, wait, we are marked explicit. I guess we can talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) I would be like, oh, my God, I am in trouble. You know, know, that's... What's strange though, the, the structure, I took note of the structure of the book because of this chapter too, because, um, I considered, you know, he was looking for anomalies, but I considered yes. these, these little, um, present day chapters to be anomaly chapters. And because this yeah. one, I took such notice, I thought, you know what? I better go back and reread those other anomaly chapters because they're obviously meant and, and are they very important. They weren't just like, tra- they were anomaly chapters. They weren't just transition chapters. Right. Exactly. Right. Right. So we yeah, were so able to go back and things tra- are happening. Yeah, we were able to go back and trace back those seven anomalies that were, yep. you know, mm-hmm. and pinpoint them. All right. So my last email mm-hmm. is from Emojin. I, I, is that how you would pronounce that? I M O G E N. I would Imogen? say Imogen. 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 Like it. all right. Yes. Or Imogen, like Imogen Coca. Right. Okay. So Imogen. I'm sorry if I mispronounce your name, but thank you for writing us, and I will read your email. She says, Hi, demons. There's a scene in a Discovery Witches that really strikes a chord with me every time I read it, and that's when Diana makes Witch Wind for the very first time after a- receiving a photo of her parents. I suffer from anxiety and panic disorder, and I didn't know know it when I first read uh, A Discovery of Witches. When I, But when I read this scene, I was amazed by the description of how she became overwhelmed by the wind and how she felt like she was losing control of her body and how much it reminded me of how I feel, felt. I realize it's a bit cheesy, but having a character with anxiety really helped me better understand what I was going through. I love the podcast. Imogene. First, I don't think that's cheesy at all. I think that's that's an astute observation. Um, Yeah. You know, and and having a high-spirited daughter who has to consciously calm herself down, um, she definitely could produce some witch wind. And if not for self-awareness, you know, magic powers can escape. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's also nice that the... A character that sort of represents or, you know, deals with things like social anxiety. and, and Right. It's real. Yeah. yeah. It's a real issue. Yeah. Uh, you know what? And I didn't really link those two, like social anxiety and which win. But yeah, I mean, it's pretty textbook when you think about it, when you think about it that way, the way she put it. Yeah. Well, the way, well, the way it was all, her witch win came up with her still being somewhat spellbound and, and the way it was all tied mm-hmm. to her adrenaline. Mm-hmm. I mean, it all sort of makes sense. And panic attacks. Yeah. Yes. I mean, even when, you know, I watch a lot of supernatural television shows, but, you know, they say the vibrations and the frequency. So whether it's residual energy, whether it's your energy, whether it's, you know, it's it's all related. Um, so it's yeah. interesting. Yeah. And the only way I kind of related to that scene is because I have space issues. I don't like people in my space. I don't like people standing behind me. I don't like... So I have to put out my arm, unless you're a close friend or part of my family, don't get in my space. So Mm -hmm. I put my arms out and if you're, if you're beyond the length of my arm, you're fine. You get any closer than that, I get crazy. So I don't know if it's the same thing. I always call it my little spatial tick, but. Well, it's kind of, (laughs) I mean, if you think about it, people, people do put off an energy and maybe it's just they're getting close enough that you're picking it up. Mm -hmm. Just like spatial energy. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's true. Okay, so, so we got through those, and who wants to go first with their first relatable moment? Jean. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, Jean, you oh, go first. I'll start. I'll start with the discover my discovery of which is relatable moment. Yes, of course, it involved Baldwin because he was putting <laughs> forth a pretty good legal argument. I mean, when, when he when he and Matthew started going back and forth, it, it, it struck me as this is a lawyer laying out his case as he as he's explaining the whole history of the Knights of Lazarus and why you can't do what you're what you want to do. This is why it's not going to work. I mean, it spoke to me as a lawyer. Yeah. The, yeah. the way the argument was structured and the way that he brought he brought Matthew or came to agree with Matthew early on, but continued to push him in order to get Matthew to the point where he needed to be. Mm-hmm. Right. To make him see reason and make him. Yeah. I mean, there there was some there was some negotiating going on and there's a little there was some lawyerly manipulation going on. And if that's what Deb's soldier does, I can't wait to see what Godfrey's going to be like since he is the family lawyer. Huh. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna make Hamish look a little bit on the dim side, quite frankly. Oh, Godfrey. Yeah. 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 And a, a lot of Baldwin's endeavors that I that either we know that he did or that I imagine he did are really close to lawyer-like. Um, I don't know. I mean, and maybe because I, I'm in the financial industry and I work with a lot of lawyers, maybe that's why I see the two so closely related. Um, but I totally mm-hmm. agree with you in that chapter. I mean, Deb spot on got Baldwin right. I mean, the way he, her, he strode down in the hall, the way he, uh, you know, just was, had that, um, I don't know. You could just, he oozed power to me just from those few and sentences confidence. and confidence. Exactly. And even the way that Mart rolled her eyes, that he was there. I mean, the alpha yeah. personality. Yep, that's him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mart was like, oh, here we go. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and the, and the way, and then it turns out the way that he and, he and Isabel go back and forth too, because he, in some ways he's immune to her manipulations because he can see what she's up to. Yeah. I think that's part of where, why, why they, they're so much alike. They bang heads. Well, and our personality episode had them as the same personality. Yeah. This is true. Yeah. So. <laughs> what was your, what was your, uh, discovery of which is relatable moment, Angela? wasn't instantly relatable I guess looking back now and I never you know identified uh, identically with Diana um, but in the respect that she's was guarded I'm not so self-absorbed into like my career and I have blinders on or anything but I am a very guarded person and I have um, select friends and those friends mm-hmm. though when, when you're my friend it's a deep friendship and it's a long-lasting mm-hmm. friendship so um, in that sense it was relatable to me huh. I could see that. Huh. I mean, I, yeah. I've, I've have, I have probably five friends that I've known since kindergarten and we're, we're like truly, um, true blue friends to this day. And I have other friends too, but like the, the friends that I have, it means a lot to me. So I just, it's not quantity, it's quality for me. I'm the same yeah. way. I'm the same way. I always say it's just because I'm kind of an introvert and I don't let people in very easily. But once I do, that's it. You're there. You're going to get all of me. You're going to get, you know, yeah. you're yeah. going to get my anxiety. You're going to get <laughs> shit that's bothering me. <laughs> you're going to get all of it. I'm a cosmic I'm a cosmic joke. I'm an extrovert with social anxiety. Figure that out. <laughs> Oh my God. I love being around people, but if I'm all by myself and I don't have that security blanket of like a wingman or something, I am not good at going into new big groups of new people that I don't know anyone. (laughs) Hmm. You know, because it's it's weird. I'm weird. I'm weird, like I said, but 
<laughs> yeah. But like if I know one or two people, I can have a great time and I can meet, the, you know, others meet that way. People, but yeah, don't make me go somewhere all by myself. I'll have a panic attack. <laughs> I don't necessarily panic, but if I know I'm going by myself, I need to know that it's going to be a crowd that won't bore me to death or won't, you know, where I won't be rolling my eyes because I have a hard time masking. Well, I'm afraid I'm going to bore everybody else. <laughs> okay. <laughs> don't make fun of me, but what, what do you mean? Do you mean like in to the movies or to a party or to the library or grocery shopping? Like, what bothers you by yourself? Um, no, like going to a party. Oh, I see. Okay. I mean, if it's a it's a party and I you've got to got to go out and mingle with people and meet people. I mean, I can go out by myself and eat dinner by myself on the road or go to the library or whatever and yeah. be around people if I don't have to interact. With, I mean, yeah. being in the same physical space isn't a problem. But if it's a so if it's throw me into a social situation all by myself where I have to fend yeah, yeah and go put my put myself out there and meet people I'm, yeah. a, I'm a horrible salesman when it comes to myself if it's a smaller group yeah i can do it but if it's a big group no sure. i can't it's just uh i don't know yeah i don't think it's, it's gotten worse as i've gotten older right i don't think it's anything that anyone would relish but i guess some dislike it more than others yeah yeah like for I, me I'm, i don't know i think the only examples i i had because you know i i spent my formative adult years in the military so i was always around a close new knit group of friends but it's uh but we were military married to military so when i'd go out with my husband and meet his friends a lot of the spouses were not in the military so oh. i i i did not relate to these ladies at all you know they're talking oh God, about that had to be horrible it, it was hard because i'm just like smiling and they're like one lady was talking about oh well you know i don't know what his first sergeant is gonna say and i'm like i know exactly what his first sergeant's gonna say he's gonna say your husband fucked up you know what i mean <laughs> but you don't want to you don't want to say that really in a social <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to say that in a social situation and be that guy you know <laughs> oh yeah I mean, yeah cool. or like uh when we moved back to the states and i had to enroll the kids back in public schools um and going to a pizza <gasps> yeah oh, and, going, and going and going going to a PTA meeting and stuff like that. And it's like, these ladies are something else. And I know I told you guys this, uh, like uh, where I used to live. I won't mention the place just in case anybody is from there. But <laughs> oh, oh, yes, that place. Where I used that to live. That place on the water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there was a lot of doctors and lawyers, you know. Over by the Target. Yeah, over by the Target, exactly. <laughs> With well, a lot of doctors and lawyers, and these are the kids, um, uh, the mothers stayed at home, and they be they drove their kids everywhere, and then Ooh. you would then you would see them at the Starbucks at at eleven o'clock, waiting for the, you know the first set of kids to get out of school, and it was like witnessing the school cafeteria all over again. And that kind of brought out anxiety in me. But, yeah, I digress. But, yes, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what was your relatable moment in uh, Discovery of Witches, Dale? Um, oh, well, I'm going to be very obvious. It, it was Hamish. I mean, Hamish, the ultimate observer, and I, I'm a definite observer of people where he's, oh, yeah. just, where he's just looking at Matthew just like, you really don't know what's wrong here. You really you don't know you. Dude. Yeah. You really don't know you have a thing for this girl. Seriously. And, uh, how I can relate to that is, um, 
there was a lady I work with not too long ago and uh-huh. she was and she was recently divorced and, and there was a guy we worked with and everything out of her mouth was this guy. Why is he picking on me? Why did he like email me this memo? He's every other way. She was like obsessed <laughs> and she couldn't, she didn't get it, you know, and he was horrible and he's this. And I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then three weeks later, she's like, he asked me out. I'm like, well, you're going to go. <laughs> well, you're going to go because yeah, you obviously like the dude. I do not. You know, come on, come on, come on. I mean, that's, I mean, that's exactly what Hamish did. I totally related to that moment where it's like, you can't be this dense, Matthew. Come on. Right. Do, do something about it. Shit or get off the pot. Mm. It's funny. I mean, he, let's start from the end. I mean, he, he should have just had his own Matthew therapist couch. He should have said, Matthew, lay, lay down. Let's just start from the end. Yeah. Let's bo- <laughs> just book a, book a monthly appointment and be done with yeah. it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's work through this, even though I already know what's going on here, but yeah. let's, let's get you there too. So, but it's yeah, true. It's true. Matthew, deep down, knew what was going on. But when it was, it's finally said, when it's you know, verbalized, it was a relief. And that's, yeah, that's he true. was relieved. And, and, but that's the whole thing. Everybody has to work with Matthew that way. Okay, sit down. We've got to work your... <laughs> got to work your way through this. I mean, it happened with Baldwin. Isabel had to do that with him. Hamish had to do it with him. It's like, first smart man, you're so dumb sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So, <sighs> it's like, you, you almost wonder if somebody sat down and walked him through with the whole thing with Kit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's true. 59, if anybody ever walked 1590 Matthew through, and through so that then, whole thing with Kit, as opposed to uh, time walking Matthew. Yeah. But then again, Time yeah. Walking Matthew was also hmm. kind of clueless. Wouldn't that about be an, that a, a neat al- alternate book? <laughs> the, the Time Walking, or the 1590 Matthew that came back? Oh my God. All, all you fan fiction writers, take note. That would be <laughs> something. We'd read that. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Uh. But, well, don't forget he didn't come, he didn't come back to the School of Night, so it wouldn't necessarily be as fun. Yeah. Although it'd be fun if he did, did bump into the School of Night. There is an alt fanfic to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> what, what do all these guys do with him? I mean, can you see poor Walter trying to deal with that mess from the tower? Oh, oh my gosh. My God. He's probably, maybe he sent himself to the tower to get away from it all. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Walter. <laughs> all right. So, Gene, I'm going to throw it to you. Shadow of Night really relatable moments my my relatable uh moment in shadow of night was when they pulled up at mount saint michelle and then the whole full force of history just as a reader hits you in the face oh that passage where they're it's like yeah she saw him as a prince for the first time yes yeah and that that happens to me all the time when you you walk into places that have a ton of history all of a sudden you just to me i just start contemplating you know who touched who touched this stuff i mean even walking through the louvre it's like oh my god francis and henry the second lived here right right you know you start thinking about that and you start thinking about who walked through these halls when we were at versailles it was the same way it's just but that that Deb created that feeling with words was just amazing. It's true. It, yeah. it was a shivery moment. I mean, especially because then right after Pierre was it said, "Mi Lord a Louis Mem, Mi Lord is himself," which then you're like, "Holy crap! He really is royalty." Yeah, and yeah. then the cardinal, the cardinal just freaked me out. You know, he's yeah. scuttling around like some servant. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's got to be and an eye opener. Him, I mean, and he's a car. He is a cardinal out of a. I forget how many how many cardinals uh, are in the school of cardinals at any given time. Through the whole history of the Catholic Church, he's a cardinal that did not become pope, but we still know who he is. Yes. Right. On top of everything else, I yeah. mean, right. he is a cardinal that stands out amongst a very large crowd. And you're talking about Cardinal Joyes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So yeah, that, that was a good cool. one. Yep. Anyways, Angela, what's yours? For me, it wasn't a specific moment. I mean, because I love the whole thing. I mean, but so I have to, mm-hmm. I have to say the time travel. That's, I mean, that's the whole reason I got into the trilogy is because I happened to read the review of Shadow of Night and I, they immediately said they're going back to Elizabethan England. So the whole idea of time travel, I was the kid who would take the empty box and draw on the side and then climb in it and close the top and come out and hope I, I was somewhere else. And unfortunately, I was still making your own time machine. Room. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I, I was that kid, but I've always wanted time travel i always think about it so that this whole chapter was i mean this whole uh, book was perfection for me since a lot of it took place in uh-huh. some other some other time and since it's deb's specialty she really did a great job of visiting the stores what they wore what they ate what things yes. smelled like she engaged all the senses so that was perfection huh i feel okay huh. i feel kind of lame compared to you guys <laughs> what's yours what's, what's yours <laughs> Um, I think it was the, uh, oh yeah, for, for Shadow of Night, it was the moment where, um, she finds out, she finds out she's pregnant. They've known for a couple of days now. And Matthew's like, uh, we're going home. You know, we, we can't even handle this. We're, we're just going to go home and you're going to be monitored and you're going to be this. And she just goes off. She's like, I'm not some vessel. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, that is so me to a T because um, it's like uh, she said this has nothing to do with my hormones when it probably did. And I've had moments like that, especially when I was first pregnant and I didn't know what to expect from pregnancy, but <laughs> man, it really does mess with you yeah. because um, a specific moment I can really remember is um, I might have been four or five months pregnant. And I was just upset with everything. I told Robert to get out of the house and he was so good to me. He was like, okay. <laughs> and then he, he, he grabbed the golf club, his golf clubs and he's like, um, I'll be back. And then he starts walking out of the house and I start crying. He's like, oh my God, what's wrong? I'm like, you're leaving me. <laughs> just, <so> path- <laughs> just <laughs> pathetic. <laughs> pathetic. And then when you go back and look at those moments, you're like, oh, you don't want to think it's hormones, but it's totally hormones. Yeah. You're just a hot mess. Yeah. Yeah. That was, the, I love the whole thing like you, Angela and Jean, but that was one moment is like, oh yeah, I, I get you, sister. Yeah. It's not <laughs> It's not fun. <laughs> it's totally not fun. It felt like an alien had taken over my body. Exactly. And- <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Well, imagine poor. Wow. Imagine poor Diana. She's spellbound. She's got these this magic that's trying to escape, and she's got these human beings that she's trying to grow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, two of them. Yeah, yeah. So that was the big moment in Shadow of Night that stuck out to me. It was, uh, it was, yeah, I was like, wow. Yeah, she gets it. I don't know. I don't think Deb's ever been pregnant, but she got it. She's been around someone who has most definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, that brings us to the book of life. 
Oh boy. <laughs> my, my relatable moment is it, it's not so much relatable as it is aspirational. Okay. Is when Isabeau makes her entrance at, was it the, the Woolsey restaurant? Oh, yes. Where, yes. Holding court yeah. with yeah. Fernando and everyone in her wake and every, just making it, just being herself, just owning the room the way she did. It, and not, I, I and mean, not on purpose. It. it was just her aura. It's just how yeah, she is. Yeah. I mean, she, she was, Isabel. Yeah. yeah. Where everybody's like, I mean, jumping out of their way to, you know, help her out or. And every, every, you know, every man's looking at her and every woman is too. I mean, imagine like how Philippe was having to deal with that constantly. Oh, I'm sure he loved it. I think he loved it. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. Because don't forget, Philippe would walk in, I'm sure Philippe would walk in a room and command an equal amount of attention. And I yeah, think. I- I would imagine they both knew when to acquiesce, too. It's just, you know, they both were equals, but gave each other the the, the limelight. The truly original power couple. Mm -hmm. I could see them walk into a room and then separate and briefly hold court in their own corners, you know? And then, yeah, yeah, I I can definitely see I'm sure they were masters at it because, I mean, throughout history, that is how women and gentlemen behaved in separate, you know, separate quarters. That's a good one, Jean. I like that. I think so. Me too. And she had a great outfit on for that scene. Too. I was thinking, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And she and she demanded a glass of champagne, no less. Of course, but of course, but of course, of course. And got her way in the end, as as she always does. Oh yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure she would have had the the chef whipping up a whatever little delicacy she wanted, if she need be. So, if she needed to eat, <laughs> yes. Yep, Angela. The Book of Life, it, again, it's an overall thing. Um, in the Book of Life, by the end, you have a total cast of characters of family, Bishop, Claremont, de Claremont, family. And I related to that because that is how I grew up. My mom and dad got divorced when I was probably, I don't know, six or so. And my mom was a single mom, and my sister, who is about six years older, had a habit of r- taking in <laughs> stray kids, kids that came from broken homes, kids that right. uh, their parents kicked out. Um, and my, my mom took them in, um, not adopted them. But she supported them. We always had a safe, loving, caring mm-hmm. environment. But you never know who was going to be sleeping on the couch because our house was just that refuge. So um, I related to that whole wacky, dysfunctional cast of characters that ended up being at the end by the Book of Life. So Cool. That's a, gr- that's a great idea. I mean, a family's what you make it. Yep, it is. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Book of Life was supposed to be about family, right? Isn't that how uh, she yep. categorized? It mm-hmm. was about the family. Yeah. Hmm. Where are we at? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's your turn. Yours. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, for me, um, I enjoyed the Book of Life as a whole. And I think we've lightly discussed, on, you know, some of the things. And part of that was the problem was we were waiting so long and anticipated so much and expected mm-hmm. so much from the Book of Life. And we didn't necessarily get that. But overall, as a book, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed them coming back to Septors. I enjoyed them coming to a resolution of, you know, why Diana could have a baby. But um, I think my most relatable moment in that book was when there was evidence that Gerbert, his fingers were all over everything. And Diana had proof and she wanted to nail him to the wall. And everybody had to calm her down and talk her down from the tree. And that's me, man. If I find out... <laughs> if I find, if I find out... I think I remember 
for us talking you down from a tree or two. Yeah. <laughs> if I find out there's some foul shit going on, I want to scream it from the rooftop and people have to talk me down from the tree. Don't do that. Don't do that, Valerie. Don't do that. Because <laughs> when I'm out of control... Yeah. And I feel self-righteous. It's unbelievable how easygoing Valerie turns into a monster. So, Slow yes. your roll. <laughs> how about step away, Valerie? How about calm down? We got this. <laughs> how, about, how about write yourself a letter and then crumple it up and <laughs> be done with it? <laughs> Yeah. And this is why when friendships or things go bad, I'm better off just cutting people off. Yeah, you're well, I'm done with you. We're done because the alternative is ugly. <laughs> yeah. Uh but the, yeah, that's it. Um <laughs> I've drawn a blank. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, there's enough in that uh, there's enough in the trilogy where everybody's going to come away with something that speaks to them. Yeah, be it the, be it the motherhood relating to the pregnancy and motherhood or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and you kind of you kind of just said that too about the book of life being about family. So if Deb described the yeah. Adol being about the mother, uh, Shadow Knight being about the father, and the book of life being about the family, I, I, everyone's got to take something away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll you'll find something for you. I think everybody could find something they related to in in these books, even though they, you I know agree. they're fantasy or whatever. You know somebody like Hamish, or you know somebody like Baldwin, or you know somebody like Isabeau. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, they you don't know have to be exactly like, Ver- like that. Varen, cough, cough. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Miss Val. Yeah. The V the V seems to symbol symbolize a link there. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Uh, uh well let's get into some news. Um since this was a last minute recording, we can actually talk about Deb's latest update. It won't seem so out of date since this will go no. online this Actually, it'll it's be pretty avail- timely. Yeah, it'll be available for uh, discussers on Wednesday, and we'll publicize it on Thursday. Discussers and subscribers, let's say that sounds good. Yes. All right, so Angela, what what do we have here? We had a February update that she recapped on February twenty seventh. She described it as reading and writing and teaching and casting. So she said, what is she reading? Lots of things because she's still teaching this semester. So she's reading lots of books on queen witches and courtesans. Um, scholars of gender, power, and sexuality are also prolific. And she, it sounds like she took a little bit of leisure uh, time to read. She said, Susanna Lip- Lipscomb's The King is Dead, The Last Will and Testament of Henry VIII. Hmm. She's also writing. Huh. Yeah, I, actually, I added that to my to-be-read list as well before I even uh, heard of Deb reading it, but... Uh, Sounds interesting. Um, yeah, I'm kind of curious to see where that compares to uh, uh, the Mask of Royalty that I was reading by Lacey Baldwin. Is it Lacey Baldwin Smith or Lacey Smith Baldwin? I never remember the order. Lacey Baldwin Smith. Baldwin Smith. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. The, because that book was also uh, focused on that same sort of time frame, right around. But uh, Henry VIII scrambling about rewriting his will and his subsequent death. I mean, it kind of, I mean, I say that she's reading it for leisure. Um, she said one of the books she's enjoyed, so she didn't say it was leisure or business. But now that I kind of think about it, if she's writing 
the Serpent's Mirror, and that's part of the ascension of Elizabeth I, that book kind of might fit in also. True. Well, she also said the Serpent's Mirror has given her some fits, isn't it? It is. She said, boy, that Matthew's complicated. Um, I cannot wait because she said he's been hanging out with some pretty interesting people in the 1540s. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know Francis I is still alive, which makes it very interesting. Yes. Yes, so we make a little mix of uh, French, Italian, English. Let's just see. I, I don't know. We'll, I'm sure we'll have plenty of time yeah. to go on flights of fancy and uh, see what happens. But yeah. oh, oh, and some royal mistresses that might play into the whole uh, course she's teaching this semester too. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, but it does seem like Marcus is the outspoken one. He is speaking up coming forward and she's writing that book um, while she's waiting for Matthew to finish explaining himself. So we'll see what happens, uh, which book will come out when. Um, they're still working on the TV ad- adaptation um, and they're starting to cast uh, major parts like Matthew and Diana. So she says she knows that we have lots of opinions uh, who should play the roles. and We sure one- do. <laughs> us, oh, yeah. us have opinions about anything. Nah. <laughs> the one thing she can promise is that they will all be great actors. So I tell, I still take heart with you know, t- have hope and take heart in that comment. Yeah, I did. Yeah, because some of some of the names being bandied about aren't necessarily good actors. Some aren't yeah. actors. Yeah. So I'll leave it at that. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. Right. Bottom line: if they're good actors, you know, and they suit the part, okay, let's do it. Yeah. Yes. She also revealed her March Pinterest inspiration board, and she put some recipes and a few All Souls things on there, some quotes, some songs that inspire her. Um, she, she left the link to that, and we can probably put that in the show notes. Um, and then, mm-hmm. the in case you missed it, uh, All Souls Con is back in 2017. So she's included that September 23rd. She listed the All Souls Con uh, website link, which we'll do also. Um, but yep. lots of things developing on that end, too. Oh, and she also dropped a hint somewhere else that uh, if she has her way, her co-authors for The Companion, Lisa Halutnin and uh, Jill Ho, who is also her uh, personal Assistant. assistant, yeah. will be at All Souls Con as well. Excellent. Yay. That'd be so, awesome. Yay. Yeah, well, that's that's on Deb's wish list, and I'll, I will uh, say that's on mine as well, because they've both been great contributors to the fandom and i'd love to meet them both in person yeah yeah it's, it'll be nice to talk to you know it's especially jill since her only contacts oh, through email you know, <laughs> right. but, oh, I, know. <laughs> I know it's like it'd be nice to put a voice voice and a face to a to a name virtual yeah. piece of paper right yeah i, I agree i agree yeah but it'll uh, be good she didn't mention this but she has mentioned it in the past that any new announcements regarding the tv show will not be coming from her any longer it'll have to be from i think bad wolf tv or, or one of the distributors so whoever whoever ends up picking it up be yeah. it stars yeah. or bbc america or whoever yeah so keep, yeah keep your eyes peeled for anything like that and that's so, it. That's it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about All Souls Con, you guys. Oh, I can't wait. It's t- we're getting close to the time where we can book our flights now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited. The, the the bucket list is just getting longer and longer. I mean, All Souls Con, if you're following them on Twitter, which you should, they tweet out, you know, a lot of New Orleans historical things, things you should see, places you should go, things you should eat, people you should meet. I mean, it's just everything sounds good. Amazing. Amazing. And then the way All Souls Con is going to shape up is it's going to be a, a not-to-be-missed event. 
Yeah. yeah. It, sounds like, it sounds like there'll be a lot of fun old faces and some fun new faces, too, which yeah. has me very excited. Yeah. Get to It'll see some old friends and make some new ones. And I won't be by myself, so I won't have social anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll be there with you. Uh, yay! This, this is going to be fun. She won't be sad. And didn't we decide, since we didn't get together in 2016, that's what went wrong? Yeah. 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 So, you know, it's got to get better now. <laughs> it will. It will. Definitely. So, uh... Listeners, if you're interested in going on All Souls Con and you want to know more about it, go to allsoulscon.org. And if you're planning on going on All Souls Con, make sure you join the Facebook group. Um, Laura has been posting a lot of things to do and um, different contributors have been posting things they want to do. And it'd be a good time. I'm sure as we get closer, um, meetups will happen. And um, oh, yeah. and if you're going to need a roommate, that would be the place to post it. You know, if you're happen to, if you happen to be traveling by yourself and you need a roommate, I, I would imagine you'd post on that Facebook group, hey, who's going? I need a roommate, you know, and that could happen there. Um, of the course, I'm, is, sep- I'm yeah. sorry. The, the group is called All Souls Con Attendees, and it's, you know, intended for people who are going, but I mean, even if you join and you end up not going, no one's going to, no one's going to hold your feet to the fire and say, well, you're in this group. You got to go, although we would love you to go. Um, yeah. But, mm-hmm. but just go yeah. join to explore, see what's out there. Yeah. And virtual attendees will have, you know, you'll have your own goodies. And, um, last time, like we personally put out a giveaway only for the attendees, mm-hmm. um, because we want the spirit to be out there, whether you can go or not, because, you know, it's not in everybody's stars that they can make it out there, be it schedule, be it money, be it but you what, can still whatever, participate. but you can still participate. We got some great, in fact, last, uh, last time around our panel got some pretty great questions from the virtual attendees. Yeah, yeah right. We did. Yeah. And it was fun. So don't miss it. Um, it's, it's pretty much, it's shaping up to be the event if you're an All Souls trilogy fan or an All Souls uni- universe fan, how it's turning out. Um, yes. So don't forget, make sure you, uh, visit allsoulscon.org and that's it. And we're going to wrap it up. So after this break, we'll have some last thoughts and things we can't let go of. And we'll talk about that later. All right, everybody, listen to us wherever it is you like to listen to your art, your podcast shows. iTunes users, we'd love it if you leave us a five-star rating plus a review. Contact us on social media. We are Demons Domain and Demons Discuss. You can email us directly, demonsdomain at gmail.com. And you can leave us a voicemail. That number is 360-519-7836. Again, 360-519-7836. Leave us a voicemail and you'll wind up on this show. I'll edit it so you sound good. No worries. Also, become a discusser by visiting our podcast page. That is demonsdiscuss.com. You can scroll down, fill out the little short form, and add your name, email address, Click submit, fill out the short code, submit that, and then we'll add you to our discusser list just as easy as that. Um, you'll get our emails once or twice a month and we'll ask you a question and your answers will wind up on the show. And we love our discussers right now. They're great. It's a growing community. We'd love it if you join. Don't forget to visit our home base and that is demonsdomain.com. Again, 
www.demonsdomain.com. Everything we're doing will be listed on that website. All of our social media, our podcasts, all of our posts, and you'll find all of our episodes there. So we'll see you on the internet. Uh, I don't know what I want to do for my last thoughts. Jean, you have last thoughts you're putting together? Oh, my last thought. My last and- thought right now is... Um, I'm really tired. <laughs> I'm so tired. I can't think of what, what's been bugging me lately. Right. Last thoughts are things you can't let go of. So like uh, last week, Gene and I tried to put together. Oh, I can't episode. let go of the fact that that thing yes. did not come out. Yes. That's what I can't let go of. That's right. The universe did not want us to put that episode out. We've tried three times already and it's not happening. I know, but we had so much fun not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sad part of it all. We had such a good time trying to record it. Oh God. I wanted to put it together so Angela can hear. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> Read, readers and listeners, we are pretty funny. Yeah. Without adult supervision. The thing is, and even um, with it, even with it. So. <laughs> the thing is, we were trying to do a Demons After Dark, which would have been the follow up to episode three, where we were talking about the other books. And we were going to talk about the more salacious choices. But every time we try to do that, something happens to the audio. It gets lost in the I in think the, the God is cloud from ourselves. <laughs> but it, it was like yeah. three times. It wasn't like three times you, we've tried it? Yes. The first yes, time. Because um, <laughs> our prior host screwed up the, the one time. Yes. <laughs> and then it got lost into the cloud somewhere. And then, and then this time my mic acted up. Yeah. Oh, and the time before well, that, we kept getting cut off because uh, there was a storm in Washington. We had a major oh, windstorm. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and the phones kept getting cut off, and then I lost power, and it just wasn't meant to be, man. Maybe I'll just do a blog post. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should. <laughs> <laughs> the weekly the weekly geek will be after dark people <laughs> oh screw it we do what we want <laughs> <laughs> we'll find a way around we'll find a way around the goddess angela you have last thoughts or things you can't let go of things i can't let go of not i didn't nothing in particular it's just uh my back thing and i saw something funny the other day because it is lent and someone tweeted i think i'm just giving up for Lent. And I thought, you know what? I, I might, if I do that too, I might just try, stop trying to, I'll, I'll give up trying to walk with my bad back for Lent. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Giving up walking for Lent. No. <laughs> I gave up fried food for Lent. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I was intended to give up something more sacrificial, but you know what I mean. That's yeah. like me giving up. That's like me giving up like Brussels sprouts for Lent. You know what I mean? I'm giving up that's Brussels like sprouts. Give, give it, giving a oh, what was it? Somebody else I saw. They, they are giving no, giving no, you know what's for Lent. Oh, you can say fucks. Okay, they're giving no fucks for Lent. <laughs> kind of celebratory and freeing in and of itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, well, yeah, I, had probably... short, I, had a, I had a short list of things I could give up and I did, they didn't cross any of those off. So, <laughs> yeah, some, oh, what, oh, what was it? Our, our demon friend, Julie gave up wine for Lent, but she was smart enough not to give up all forms of alcohol. <laughs> Kudos to her. She was thinking ahead. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> Giving up wine for Lent. Nobody said anything about beer though. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh. well readers we'll love to hear what what if anything y'all give up for lent too in in the spirit of uh shadow of night and matthew's raging catholicism <laughs> right right what would matthew give up for lent oh that'd be whining tough. for a change <laughs> that would be a gift to everyone else <laughs> Oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> He's giving up his indecision for Lent. Yeah. Uh, hmm. I don't know. I, I wouldn't want to agitate him. I would feel like his blood rage would be, I wouldn't, he just does go away for 40 days and 40 nights. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you can have it all. You don't have to give up anything, Matthew. Just calm down. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, That's a good question, though. Deb did not touch on that. What? I mean, hmm. we talked uh, in Shadow of Night. We were all about the Christmas season, but they were there through yeah. Yeah. Lent and Easter, but that never really f- played into the story. That's kind of interesting. Huh. Never noticed that before. Yeah. Maybe she, yeah. maybe she didn't want to write about that period in his life because, you know, maybe he'd be grouchy if he had to give something up for Lent. Right. I mean, grouchier than normal. Let's just put that out there. Yeah. Well, mm. wasn't, he, wasn't he busy drinking uh, drinking off of opium addicts with Kit? Yeah. Yeah. And and, and, and one church scene was heavy enough. I mean, that was that was enough yeah. to last yeah. the, whole, the whole time. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, I don't have anything I can't let go of. I'm kind of pissed about that episode, but... Life goes on. This is episode 12, yeah. not the last one, even though, ugh, so sad. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should just try and record that live when we're all together in New Orleans. While, while drinking absinthe? Yeah, sure. Yes, yes, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Something to look forward to, listeners. Yeah. All right, everybody. I can't think of anything, so I guess we can say goodbye, do our demon kisses. Bye-bye, everyone. Peace out. (laughs) Bye, audience. Talk to you next time.